Welcome to Books with Bitches. I'm Maria. And I'm Madison. And today we are going to be talking about the book, The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. So we're going to start off with who chose the book and why. And so Madison, you want to tell us why? Hi. So I chose the book, uh, Song of the, the Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. And I chose it because I really just love all kinds of mythologies. And there's a special place in my heart for Greek mythology. Ever since uh, we were forced to read it. And um, actually, I think it started in sixth grade because our school district did something like called Mediterranean Days or whatever. And then we had to go over all the Greek myths and stuff. And that just like piqued my interest to begin with. And then sophomore year of high school, we had to read the Iliad mythology and all that good stuff. So it just kind of continued my interest. It's very interesting. I like it a lot. That's why I picked this. So I was very excited when I picked this book. What were your first thoughts when you heard my pick? Um, so I'm not a big mythology fan. Uh, no one come at me for it. I've just never really had an interest in it. Maybe it's more so because there's so many bits and pieces that go along with it that I was just like, this is too much. It's overwhelming. So I just don't care about it. So when I when you're like, we're gonna read this book, I was like, oh, this might be like, not my favorite. But prove me wrong. I don't want to put the book down. So I'm, I genuinely do like this book. Yes. All right. And to prove my snuff that I'm an amateur mythology buff, I do have my copy of the Iliad next to me. And this copy of the Iliad actually has an introduction that talks about the Iliad and the anger of Achilles, the original name of what the Iliad was before Homer added to it. So we're going to go over kind of why I think the Song of Achilles is the name of the book. So this is from my copy of the Iliad by Homer, translated by Robert Fitzgerald. Edition copyright 2004. Okay, so it's just uh, this very quick paragraph. So the Iliad is both a landmark in, his in the history of literature and the relic of its prehistory. So that to read it today is to encounter two masterpieces of the ancient narrative at once. The first and the more familiar is the Iliad as the Song of Troy, meaning the Iliad. A classic text that stands at the beginning of the Western epic tradition more than 25 centuries old. The other work is The Anger of Achilles, which is how the poem titles itself in its first line. That is a long, orally performed song of the ancient heroes, one of many that is sung in Greece and the Near East since the time immemorial. We cannot be sure why out of these songs the anger of Achilles was selected to be written down and handed in posterity. It appears not to aspire to the song of Troy for its story is restricted to a few weeks towards the end of a very long war and not even the final weeks at that. But the song is certainly ambitiously made and manages both to recall the tangled events that preceded its story and to evoke the great destruction imminent at its end. The anger of Achilles became the Iliad because it suggests, despite its focus on a single episode in the Achilles' metric life, the utter devastation of the Trojan War and gives it meaning through the eyes of its hero. So you have the song of Ilias and the anger of Achilles. So I think she took those two and put them together. That makes sense. That's actually very clever if that's the case. But fun thing. So it's obviously the song of Ilias because Ilias is the, I think, 
the original Greek name for Troy. Okay. So if you want to take, <laughs> this is so dumb, the very bastardized American version of this, it's a Troy story. <laughs> Your face is just like, I hate you. I'm just going to say this one flew over my head. I'm, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it sounds like Toy Story. I figured that's what you meant, but Troy I was like. Toy Story. Ah, mythology jokes. It's just, it's, it's, it's so, it's so dumb. It's like the Odyssey is just like Odysseus's story. And this is just right. Troy's story. They're not very clever when it comes to, <laughs> to naming epics. Oh, that's okay. They don't have to be. They're good enough as thank it is. You for that wonderful, um, I guess, theory yeah. of why the name is. Other books like this. You don't know any other books like this? Mm. There is a book I read like this that I was in high school. It is all in prose, so it's all written like a very long poem. It's The Song of the Sparrow by Lisa Ann Sandell, where it takes the point of view of a girl living in the time of King Arthur, and it's told from her point of view. Again, it's Patroclus. It's from a very, not very explored point of view from the classic tale. So I think that's one that's kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And then I can't think of any others. Any others that come to mind are just like modern retellings of classic tales. I have a book downstairs called I think it's called like Spinning Starlight, where it's just kind of a retelling of a, a Hans Christian Andersen's The Twelve Swans, I believe. But that's it's the same story told from the same point of view, but in a different time. And I think those are becoming more and more popular as people just going through grim fairy tales or going right. through. Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales, remaking them into what they think should happen or their take on. What I will say is that like looking on um, Madeline Miller's Goodreads page, a lot of her books seem to be based on a lot of mythology. Like you have Heracles' bow, Galatea, Cersei, all of which a lot of people have said all these books are really good. I think might have been on Twitter. She's writing a book, I think, from Persephone's point of view. Okay. Next, and I'm very excited for that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it seems like she has a lot of. She writes predominantly with histor in historical fiction and fiction books, which is very interesting. And the fact that this book is already super good means I'll probably want to read more from her later. Then maybe they won't have to be my picks, and they'll just be your picks too we'll see i don't know <laughs> will, will i stray from my thriller slash horror books i don't know i mean my book choices are going to be all over the place so i'm going to try to make sure my book choices are a little bit different and it's like but... to be fair i also have my husband who's just like "Ooh, you should read this and there's also whenever i go to secondhand bookstores i find weird stuff and i'm just like i'm gonna make maria do this with me our new format which we're going to try doing chapter by chapter summaries, not necessarily full summary at the beginning, just so that way y'all can follow along with what we felt each chapter was like. And yeah, so we will start off with a chapter by chapter discussion, starting with chapter one. I'm going to start off with the way that Patroclus's father described his mother. I was very blown. I was, I was more so like dumbfounded, I guess you could say, because I was expecting without even reading when he was talking about his mom, I was like, oh, she's probably so beautiful or whatever. I don't know. Because that's how they always seem to make the women in Greek mythology. It's like super pretty, elegant. I don't know. That's how I perceived it. If anyone can tell me I'm wrong, correct me. However, I'm going to take a very bold take 
and say the Greeks did not like women at all. And the only reason you see attractive women in tales is because those are the women's that are women that are coveted by gods. So that's going to be top tier, cream of the crop, sought after women. And then you have Patroclus's mother, who is not that. So I she was dumb. <laughs> it, it just makes sense to me that she would average and, according to this, quite stupid. Which was wild when it said that she was she was dumb and that she was fourteen years old when she was married. Which I mean, understandably so that's what they did back then it just it kind of broke my heart a little bit to see that his father didn't like him i feel like patroclus his father wanted him to be big and strong and this handsome daring man and patroclus is not that he's very much shy and gangly just a weird person don't get me wrong he's (laughs) fine he has no personality he's fine Like he literally says, my own father watches with envy. His wife is stupid and his son too slow to race and even the youngest group. He turns to me. That is what a son should be. That's so sad. Like, I'm sure Patroclus didn't ask for all of that, you know? No, but it's. I think with Patroclus being such a minor character in the Iliad, they're not going to write epic stories about him so again it's like right. what i would say with the women is he's not what you're gonna write about he's not a right. legend he's not a champion you have to expect them to be average or below average and especially quite frankly it is disrespectful for patroclus's father to compare him to fucking achilles yes agreeable is there anything else with chapter one that you wanted to talk about I want to talk about how much Patroclus loves his mother. I think it's cute. She's a simple, simple girl. Well, so you have beyond this, I remember little more than scattered images from my life. My father frowning on his throne, a cunning toy horse I loved, my mother on the beach, her eyes turned towards the Aegean. In this last memory, I'm skipping stones for her, plink, 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 across the skin of the sea. She seems to like the way the ripples look, dispersing back to glass. Or perhaps she likes the sea. Or perhaps it is the sea itself she likes. At her temple, a starburst of white gleams like bone. The scar from the time my father hit her with the hilt of the sword. Her toes poke up from the sand where she has buried them. And I am careful not to disturb them as I search for rocks. And to me, it's just like, he just loves his mom for what she is she was he was probably the only person that genuinely made his mom feel loved yeah and that that was really sad that's why like when i was reading that i was like wow these two people who aren't loved by you know the man that brought patroclus into the world but also married this lady and he was an asshole marriages are not what they are today back then right no they weren't but still like obviously she was probably closed off because she was like i know i'm simple are people who are simple do they know they're simple you probably told her every day. It is interesting that uh, you fu- you do get the whole thing. It's like, this is the last mention of Patroclus's mother, other than a later note mm-hmm. that it's just like, my wife is not dead. Yeah. But also she could be because no one talks about her. <laughs> so moving on to chapter two, this one, Patroclus is nine years old now and him and his dad go to Sparta. Yes. Uh, where we finally see the mention of Helen. Yes. What did you feel about this chapter? I didn't really think much of this chapter other than um, we do get the mention 
of Philoctetes. Page seven. Where am I looking? On the bottom. My father was the oldest among them, except for the man who, when his turn came, named him Philoctetes. 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 Okay, take take the first part of that word. His name is Phil, and he's mentioned with Heracles. Who do you think this person is? His father. No, 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 no. So Disney got it so wrong. This is Phil. Who's Phil? You've never seen Hercules? A long time ago. Oh my god, Maria. It's who is it's the little goat except he's not a goat he's a human he's an awesome archer he's heracles is his like companion oh okay so who whoever okay so chiron okay yes the trainer for almost every greek hero ever disney got it wrong and made it phil but that's philoctetes is heracles's companion i just i just wanted you to know (laughs) i thought you would have seen hercules yeah, I've seen Hercules, but I don't, obviously, I don't know. He literally says his name is Philoctetes, and he's just like, call me Phil. <laughs> You're just like, I can't with you. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint. All right, well, so we have Philoctetes and my other most favorite character ever in Greek mythology, which is Odysseus, who is the son of Laertes. I don't know, did you want to... What I want to talk about is near the end of the chapter. So if there's anything else you want to talk about in this chapter, go for it. I think it was weird when Patroclus's father represented himself instead of Patroclus. Patroclus is nine. So then why did he still take him there? Because you can marry off your children whenever you want, I do believe. Right. So if he expected his son to get married, he should have had him talk and not be the one talking for him. His father thinks he's simple. His father was also just a weirdo. His father is a terrible person, bless his heart, has goals. And he says in the beginning of the chapter, King Tidarius's daughter is finally ready for marriage. We would do well to have her in our family. He's just trying to pull power. Like, it ma- from I mean, a political standpoint, it makes sense. It's understandable. I just don't see why he couldn't have had The fact speech. that he had the gall to offer up this nine-year-old and was like, he is a viable suitor is insulting, to me at least. Well, it was funny. It's like, when, marry my nine-year-old, please. When um, Tyndarius was like, if your son is to be a suitor, as you say, then let him present himself. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Why are you talking for him? He thinks Patroclus is simple, like his his wife, who is, I'm going to keep saying this because it's in the first, the first page of this book, quite simple. He's an asshole. That's how I feel about it. It also says something about Patroclus being his simple son and his even simpler wife. So that was one big thing that stuck out to me Um, because from the beginning, Patroclus was already basically destined to be a failure. It's up to Patroclus to fix that. And that's how we get Okay, story. this is what we're complaining about with Maggie and Home Before Dark. <laughs> like, oh, everyone set you up for failure. Prove them wrong. Yeah, you're right. But he... Okay, well, never mind. I'm going to keep my opinion until later on. Okay. Through our discussion. My other favorite thing about this chapter is when Odysseus is just like, Helen, 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 pick your own damn husband. Because go for Odysseus. Also Odysseus plotting with Penelope to to already prearranged to marry her is also hilarious so we get our first introduction of mythology's version of tricksters the book 
Not just tricksters in general. Like, there's different oh. kind of uh, tropes in mythology, usually. Because, right. you know, what books are based off of. You have, like, trickster characters. Odysseus is definitely a trickster character. Mm. Who, like, while they might not be the strongest, however, I'm pretty sure Odysseus is a pretty good warrior. They you, they more rely more on their wit and their, their cleverness to solve problems versus... Mm. Achilles, who's just like, I'm going to stab you with my spear. See, I feel like the more that you know about Greek mythology, the able, the more you're able to tie things in as you read. And for me, I'm just like an outsider looking in and like, oh, okay, that's cool. I don't make those connections, which for you, you're able to make those connections. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Clearly, my knowledge in Greek mythology is not very good. So we talk like I've always like, you have to read stuff in high school. And I took mythology classes in college, so... Right. So you were able to make those connections. And I've like and I've also taken history classes. So like Greek Greek is definitely something that you cover and you have to use sometimes you use mythology books as a, a primary source. Mm-hmm. So it's just I've probably more well read on mythology topics because of the just what you have to read <laughs> to right. to pass your class. Just because of the background knowledge that you've had. Yeah. But yeah, no, if you have questions, I'll answer them if I know the answer. And if anyone wants to correct me, go for it. I love, I love learning things. <laughs> so is there anything else in chapter two that you want to talk about? Other than um, Odysseus and, and Penelope plotting to marry each other behind the scenes is hilarious, which isn't in the book, but I know that from background knowledge, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I don't think Penelope was ever mentioned, so. But, I think um, her name's Penelope. I'm not sure. And I don't have my copy of the Odyssey up here. Chapter three, Patroclus is now 10 years old. We learn that this man slash boy child, I don't know. Chrysonomus appears and bullies him. When Patroclus pushed him and killed him, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's over for him. Over a pair of dice. Like, that was just, that was just, hey, man, I want those. And he's like, no, they're mine. Snap like the dogs who fight at our table scraps. And then, hey, he was angry. I was so small. I was rumored to be simple. Again, I was rumored to be simple. If he backed down now, it would be a dishonor. He advanced on me, face red, without meaning to. I stepped back. And then you see, like, the guy calls him coward. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I am no coward. Your father thinks you are. I heard him tell my father so. He did not, but I knew he had. That broke my heart even more for Patroclus. I was like, the fact that your father is talking about you to other males just breaks for, like, my heart breaks for you. I don't know I don't have kids. I don't know how common it is to talk shit about your kids. I feel like there's a fine line between talking shit about your child versus like talking about how proud they make you. Because I know for sure, like my parents will talk to everyone about what I do and what I've been doing um, and same with my brothers and stuff like that. I don't think they've ever like talked badly upon me. Maybe in high school when I was my horrible teens and doing all sorts of stuff they were like i don't know what to do how do i calm my child down you're like you felt like it was more advice seeking than it's like god maria is such a fucking coward yeah whereas like patroclus's father is like no my son is horrible i hate him i also just want to address it is ancient greece (laughs) i don't think children were as valued back then and then you have the whole like patroclus can't even attend and the the races for the the youngest of boys so like 
he doesn't get to he can't sing patroclus's praises because patroclus hasn't done anything to be praised for which is terrible as it sounds but it might be factual patroclus commits murder okay i just want to say when this happened and he ends up getting exiled i just couldn't help but think of uh robin williams of in good in goodwill hunting where he's just like it's not your fault yeah, just like, I just wish that he Patroclus gets to stand up for himself the first time in his goddamn life over a pair of dice, and then it's just like, you're finished, kid. You're done. Your life is over. He didn't even defend himself. He didn't even say I was defending myself. He just said okay, and leaves. Yeah, we'll talk um, more about that when someone else says something to him about that. <laughs> so another thing that we learn um, is about Thetis. Mm-hmm. Sea nymph. Um, I marked the page here because for me it really stood out to me. Basically, that Peleus raped her. Yes. And it just, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. The gods forced her to swear that she would stay with her mortal husband for at least a year. And she served her time on earth as the duty it was silent, unresponsive, and sullen. She would only return to visit the boy, never for any other reason, and never for long. Did Peleus ever regret the god's gift to him? An ordinary wife would have counted herself lucky to find the husband with Peleus's mildness, his small, smile-lined face. But for the sea nymph, Thetis, nothing could ever eclipse the stain of his dirty mortal mediocrity i i felt i just felt bad she didn't didn't want that life she obviously doesn't like mortals so for the fact that he took advantage of her and deflowered her as it says in the book i was just like that's absolutely wild it is wild however for greek mythology i think that's more one of the more mild yes it is definitely (laughs) from what i've heard (laughs) it's like it's like yeah that's really bad um do you like to hear about what zeus did zeus was a Zeus is gross. One. Zeus kidnaps mortals. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I don't think Peleus didn't take her just because Zeus gave her to him, unbeknownst to her. Because does it say this in the book or is no? This, this is um... something I know because I believe there was a prophecy saying Theatis's son would. I think it's like would be a great warrior or would. S- something to the effect that Zeus was concerned if she had a kid with another god, they would be able to overthrow him. So he took Theatis and promised her to a mortal because it was less of a threat to him. Again, this all comes back to Zeus is a giant dick. (laughs) No one likes Zeus. I don't want to side with Achilles' father because technically he is a rapist. If Zeus tells you something. Do yeah, you, you gotta do, do it. Do you do it? Yeah. Because he might kill you if you don't. Exactly. <laughs> so he's probably like, all right, well, I guess I have to because Zeus said so. And then here <clears throat> in this chapter, we also are introduced to... Oh, well, it kind of says here, it says, and this on uh, page 19, and the fates had foretold that her son would far surpass his father. Okay. So if Zeus had taken is for himself which he probably would have beautiful sea nymph he would have been screwed um also in this chapter we are introduced to achilles yes well didn't we hear about him in the first chapter i think more so pronounced in this but yeah i guess he's he's um, in the race 
he first sees Achilles when he's five years old and he wins the race and his father turns to him and says, that's what a son should be. Oh, I didn't Which realize is, that that was Achilles. Yeah, that's Achilles. Anytime you see mention of pink heels, it probably has to do with Achilles. Okay. Well, now you know. But you also see why Patroclus has such a bad reaction to seeing Achilles the first time. Because Achilles is everything Patroclus can never be. Right. And it even has on a page 21. I guess that I was being led to the throne room where I would kneel and pour out my gratitude. But the servant stopped and suddenly at a side door, King Pelus was absent. He told me, so I would present myself before his son instead. I was unnerved. This was not what I had prepared myself for. The dutiful words I'd practiced on donkey back. Pelus' son, I could still remember the dark wreath against his bright hair, the way his pink soles had flashed along the track. That is what a son should be. When he kept having visions of the boy he killed. Um, the next day was, was the same. The morning of weary exercises and then long afternoon hours alone at night the moon slivered smaller and smaller i stared until i could see it even when my eyes closed the yellow curve bright against the dark of my eyelids i hoped that i might keep the visions of the boy at bay our goddess of the moon is gifted with magic with power over the dead she could banish the dreams if she wished she did not the boy came night after night with his staring eyes and splintered skull sometimes he turned and showed me the hole in his head where the soft mass of his brain hung loose. Sometimes he reached for me. I would wake, choking on my horror, and stare at the darkness until dawn. So this is just going to haunt him for forever is what it seems like. But because he has no one to go to, he has to keep it to himself. And that's why I feel like this guy is just going to continue to haunt him until he finally is like, okay, I need to take hold of myself and grow. But he's still so young that he just doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I just want to know which moon goddess this is. I don't think it's Artemis. It might be Selene. I'm not sure. There's a lot of moon goddesses in Greek mythology. <laughs> just like, which one has the power over dreams? I read that and I was like, I should look that up. And then I ran out of time. That's okay. There's a lot of things I ran out of time for this week. Um, chapter four. Yay, chapter four. Uh, so chapter four, all the boys have learned why Patroclus was exiled. And I thought that was really poopy. Because he's already so alone. Yeah. Like, he's even more lonely because they found out what he's, you know, what he did. I want to know why all these other boys got exiled, though. Right. I mean, it's nice that Helios has a soft spot for exiled boys, but it also just sucks that they have to be there. They got nowhere else to go. Right. But it seems nice. Like, they're, they're given meals and taught lessons and stuff like that. It's so basically that's... just basic training for children. Yeah. <laughs> And then they just hook up with maids and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And Patroclus gets to meet the king after he came back. Again, I noted that he continues to have these dreams. He says, you are here to kill because you killed a boy. You mm -hmm. understand this. That this was the cruelty of adults. Do you understand? Yes, I told him. I could have told him more of the dreams that left me bleary and bloodshot. That almost screams that scraped my throat as I swallowed them down. The way the stars turned and turned through the night above my unsleeping eyes you're welcome here you may still make a good man he meant it as comfort that kind of brought my heart just a little bit of happiness because i was like finally for once someone believes that he's he can be a good man someone has faith in him. i do want to address uh sorry do i keep going okay. uh before that happens we do have like before patroclus is literally sitting by himself in the dining hall 
day in and day out. And then one day Achilles decides to sit at his lunch table and he gives him a fig. I know. But on, I, honestly, I think this is the start of Patroclus's crush. I think so. Maybe that's what I would say. Uh, I have it annotated somewhere, probably in the next chapter, where you kind of start to really see that he's developing feelings for him. But this is where Achilles takes him to his liar lesson. Well, that's because Patroclus is in the storeroom crying. Yeah, because he has no one else to hang out with. Poor baby. Poor guy. So it's it will be noted that we feel bad for Patroclus. Instead of the I hate Maggie counter, we're gonna say, I feel so bad for Maggie Patroclus. So bad. He's okay, a baby. So, <clears throat> as we continue on, Achilles goes and talks to Peleus, mm-hmm. um, basically explaining to him why Patroclus wasn't in class. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks, is he basically chap- says, Did you like, say this is chapter five? Chapter five, yeah. Okay. This is where Peleus asks Achilles, right? Like, do you have a comrade basically they say companion yes a companion a brother in arms if you will they say that why this boy the question might have been my own i had nothing to offer such prince why then had he made a charity case of me peleus and i both waited for his answer he is surprising what does that mean we'll talk about it later but i'm sure that that kind of made patroclus kind of like okay why me what why am i so surprising um, Peleus was like, okay, he will add no luster to your reputation. I do not need him to. I don't know. I just thought it was nice. That was the start of a wonderful friendship. Yeah. They were roommates. And we ha- we get to see Achilles being a badass as a 10-year-old. He already knew he was destined. I- did his mom... Pretty sure did his mom told him. him. Yeah. I think here on page 41, we kind of start to see the crush developing. With the juggling? Yeah, with the juggling, he said. He rested his own palm against it. I tried not to startle. His skin was soft and slightly sticky from dinner. The plump finger pads brushing mine were very warm. Normally, I would chafe at being bossed this way, but somehow the words did not sound like commands in his mouth. He began to juggle the remaining balls. My part took no great skill, but I enjoyed it anyway. We found ourselves smiling at the satisfaction of each smooth catch and throw. I think he's starting to develop that crush of James being like, this guy is so different from the others. Is it that Achilles is so different or the fact that Achilles either pays attention to him or sees him in a different light than everybody else? That's probably what it was for once. Like finally someone is giving him the time of day and like letting him be himself and not telling him, oh, you're simple. Oh, you're a coward. And you see Patroclus gets his, he's previously seen his mother's liar, but he gets to tell Achilles that it's his mother's liar. Oh, we also see that Patroclus is memorized, mesmerized and moved by Achilles's grace and sword and spear wielding skills that he wants to fight Achilles. That part and made me laugh. I was like, that's so like teenage love. Is it? They weren't even, they weren't teenagers yet. You know, how, like they like, like flirt, 10. but they don't realize they're flirting. Is that how 10 year olds express their crush? They're like, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah. Like, oh, he said his favorite color is green. So I'm going to wear all green the next day. I feel like it's, is that what boys do? I don't know. I'm not a boy. I'm just I, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know how boys <laughs> go after their crushes at such a young age. I, I heard like, they're like, oh, they tease whoever they're like interested in i don't know how accurate that is i don't know i don't know when people are aware of their 
their interests that young? Do they do they try to fight the other boys that they like? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they don't realize that they're flirting until like later on. They're kids. They don't know what they want. Exactly. So as we move into chapter six, it's been a year since Patroclus was exiled. And he basically tells Achilles how he was, how he had killed Chrysonymus. The fact that you remembered Chrysonymus's name is amazing. I'm proud of myself. Because they're so different. Okay. That's why. Here's where you get the question where I think you asked earlier. It's just like, why didn't you just say you were defending yourself? Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And he just says, I don't know. Or you could have lied, said you found him already dead. I stared at him, stunned by the simplicity of it. If I had lied, I would still be a prince. But if he had lied, he would have never met Achilles. So things happen for a reason. But we also see Achilles here saying, no one has ever tried to take something from me. Never? I could not believe it. A life without such things seemed impossible. So that was kind of sad. We're like, oh. All you've ever known was just bullying. So we also talk about that he still hasn't met Thetis. I don't want to meet Thetis. <laughs> she seems very scary. She is a goddess, yes. Um, and then she finally says she wants to meet him. Oh, yeah, that made me like, I got nervous for him. I was like, uh, tomorrow? He nodded. I did not want him to see my fear, though normally we kept nothing from each other. Should I? Should I bring a gift? Honeyed wine. That sounds delicious. Should I find some and we can drink it when we go over our full book review? We can, we oh can drink God. like gods. I'm going to find it. This is now a thing. Or is honeyed wine just like really sweet wine? Because I do have wine that tastes like honey. I don't know. It's, it's kind of gross. It like verges on too sweet. Mm. That might be something that I like. My I mom like- loves it. So maybe I will send you a bottle. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I have here when he goes and talks to Thetis. She leaned closer, still looming over me. Her mouth was a gash of red, like the torn open stomach of a sacrifice, bloody and auricular. Behind it, her teeth shone sharp and white as bone. Bone. Good. Carelessly, as if to herself, she nodded. Or she added, you will be dead soon enough. She turned and dove into the sea, leaving no ripples behind her. I did not go straight back to the palace. Yeah, neither would I. After being told by a god that I would be dead soon enough, that, no, that's enough. Yes, that's terrible. But one, Thetis doesn't like humans. Two, this bitch is going to live forever. Patroclus's life is like a fart in the wind to her. She doesn't give a shit. Like she said, he'll be dead soon enough to her. But I just want to know why she, like, why she's so, she has this hate for him. I would say because he's... Or is it because one, he's human, and two, because she doesn't feel that he is good enough for her son? Is any mortal going to be good enough for her son? That's just my opinion. Right. No, that's something, too, that, you know... Like, maybe she wanted Achilles to be childhood friends with another demigod. I don't know. So then, chapter seven, the boys are now 13. Their bodies change, and they notice the other boys are sleeping with women. Yes. It's funny... Says those the who I did, am tired tonight. Did you, where? The 59. It's like, once I even heard the king offer her to his son, he answered almost... Is it I'm tired. <laughs> Diffidently? Diffidently? I don't know. My husband's really smart. He says definitively or something. <laughs> I am tired tonight. Well, I was going to say, those who did were unlucky indeed. Too weak to, to compel, too ugly to charm, and too poor to pay. And they're talking about taking a serving girl 
Oh, I thought it was not being able to take a serving girl. It's like, how much earlier than he did, it was expected very few men came to marriage beds without having done so. Those who did were unlucky. Indeed. I think it's referring to those who People that couldn't. went into marriage without sleeping with women were too weak to compel, too ugly to charm, and too poor to pay. Because sleeping with multiple women at a young age seems to be the, the norm throughout history, despite what yeah. your prude parents will tell you. And that's how we got syphilis. <laughs> I thought we got um, syphilis during World War II. I don't think so. Uh, that's beside the point. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. I'm saying we got STDs through having sex with multiple partners. Yes, the human body is gross. Continue. <laughs> uh, so Peleus tells Achilles and Patroclus the story of Meleager, who was the strongest warrior of, of the of his time. But yeah, Achilles plays with Patroclus's feet. Um, Fucking gross. Before they, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Don't touch my feet. But all I felt was the coolness against my ankle, ankle where his fingers had been a moment before. It's another part where we see the feelings developing. It's like, it's one thing to do what Achilles is doing, which to me just seems like normal boy things. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to mess with my friend. You would think, and like most people would probably think that, but I don't know, seeing that like, like, I'm trying to think like from Achilles's father's point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just messing with each other. But for Patroclus yeah. to take it a, a different way just says something about his feelings towards Achilles's. You also start to see, because like later on down the page, says that girl, do you like her? Achilles turned to face me from across the room. Why do you? No, no, I flushed. That is not what I meant. I had not felt so uncertain with him since the earliest days. I mean, do you want... He ran at me, pushed me backwards onto my cot, leaned over me. I'm sick of talking about her. So, like, here we start to see, like, okay, this is the second time he's mentioned that he really has no feelings towards women. I mean, I could just say it's women are boring. Men are boring, too. All Everyone's boring. <laughs> if you're a god and destined to do great things and your mother told you one day you will be a god, mortals are boring. But Achilles then, doesn't act that way. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I mean, he's still a kid, so I think it's just, it's innocent. Is he 12 now? They're 13. 13-year-old 13 boys have interests. 13-year-old so. boys start learning about what dreams. <laughs> I feel like it's almost but, um, earlier than that. It, it just depends on um, their, when they hit puberty, puberty. But here, we, as we continue on, they talk about how Patroclus can smell him, uh, that he smells of pomegranate and sandalwood. It's sweet, but not just. It's strong, but not too strong. Something like almond. He put a hand down to lean against. The muscles in his arms curve softly, appearing and disappearing as his move, as his, as he moves. My pulse jumps for no reason I can name. He looked at me a thousand times, but there is something different in this gaze, an intensity I do not know. My mouth is dry. And I can hear the sound of my throat as I swallow. He watches me. It seems that he is waiting. I lean forward and our lips land clumsily on each other. They're like fat bodies of bees and soft and round and giddy with the pollen. I can taste his mouth hot and sweet with honey from, the de from dessert. My stomach trembles and the warm drop of pleasure spreads beneath my skin. 
more, the strength of my desire. That was just, I was like, yeehaw. <laughs> now we're getting into it. But then he also. That's like Achilles horrified. also runs away. Yes. And that's why I felt so, I was like, no, like Achilles. At this point, I was like, Achilles isn't into Patroclus like that. So I got kind of nervous because like now Patroclus is going to be worried now did I mess up am I gonna be moved back to the rooms or to the dorms am I gonna lose my one and only friend yeah gotta Dear be God, scary for him for him to think that he's lost his best friend and then for his mom's best friend to fucking choke him out yeah like, I have seen I could not speak she held me by the throat he is leaving I should have sent him long ago. Do not try to follow. <clears throat> That's just wild. And then here we mentioned Chiron, how he taught her Heracles and Perseus. It also sucks that when he woke up, he wasn't there. I thought he did see him leaving. He saw him and then he closed his eyes. And when he opened them again, I was alone. Yeah. And that's just really sad because he's like, well, there goes my friend. I mean, but he knew he was leaving. He just didn't want it to happen so soon. Yeah. All right, chapter eight. Yay! Patroclus runs away. Yes, I and was like, go find a Achilles. lot of things happen, but it's basically he's leaving. And Achilles is a little creeper. I like it, just was weird to me that Achilles like knew to wait for him in that like, certain what if spot. He, exactly. Like, how did he know that he was going to be right there? But either way, they both re meet. Well, even then, like, reunite. Achilles says, I hoped that you would come. It's like, that's like he already knew. I don't feel like he knew. I feel like it's just like one of those things where like you go off to summer camp and you hope your best friend follows you. And then like nine times out of 10, your best friend does not follow you because that's not how the way the world works. Right. But I mean, this is ancient times and, you know, there's a lack of adult supervision. True. You know, then Chiron takes over and decides to. Uh, teach them medicine and music among other things chiron is best boy i really like chiron chiron is um, best centaur master or, sorry master centaur so they get to learn about surgery they learn about medicine they get to learn about musical instruments chiron also tells them that thetis basically spoke to him and was like i want you to kill patroclus but I was like, yay, Chiron, when he said, I will allow you to stay. Chiron also, he has a certain affection for mortals. Yeah. That Theatus does not have. I think all he wants to do is just teach. Um, He's also, I don't think centaurs are nymphs. Like, centaurs are not gods. No, I don't think I don't so. don't think so. Maybe that's why he has is the ability to a go more of a love world. for mortals than than her yeah but i do like that chiron basically takes patroclus under his wings even though he didn't have to i like how chiron also said do not let what you gain this day be so easily lost and this is on the last page of the chapter yeah well if you want to go back one page or two pages onto the next page. So, as it happens, the message came this morning before either of you arrived. So, despite your foolishness, I was not deceived. You knew this was Achilles. I would never have spoken so boldly. Then you have decided you will disregard her message. Chiron's voice held a warning of displeasure. She is a goddess, Achilles, and your mother besides. 
Do you think so little of her wishes? I honor her, Chiron, but she is wrong in this. His hands were balled so tightly I could see the tendons even in the low light. Why is she wrong? Pleiades? I watched... What? I think it's Pelides, but I don't know. Pelides? I don't know. (laughs) I watched him through the darkness, my stomach clenching. I did not know what he might say. She feels that he faltered for a moment. And I also didn't... Almost did not breathe. That he is a mortal and not fit, and not a fit companion. So there is why she doesn't like Patroclus. Which because he's not back to my theory that he's a fucking mortal and no mortal will be good (laughs) enough. Well, she needs to get over her health. Not really. You can never tell a goddess that. All right, chapter nine. We'll see what happens when you tell a goddess to get over herself. Right. (laughs) So in chapter nine, we uh, see that Chiron continues to teach the boys different skills, hunting, medicine, astrology, and Achilles shows Patroclus his mother's liar. Um, I knew you can tell that Patroclus is very attached to this liar um, because it had been mentioned before earlier in the book. He also got a little mad that he saw Patroclus or Achilles playing on it. He's like, that's my mother's, like, that's mine. Yeah. I think like it goes back to your, when you were saying he loved his mom. And they had such, like, he had sweet memories of her. And so seeing that that liar is in the hands of someone else, he's like, that doesn't belong to you. Um, Initially, but then he, once he gets to know Achilles more, he's just like, like, I think he tells him, he's like, I'm glad you have it. Right. Because it could have been someone else and be like, no, like, you know. And then here Achilles basically was like, oh, I know how to make you follow me anywhere. Just have your mom's liar with me. The amount of times I cried during this section, like, I don't even want to tell you. Oh. I want to also mention too, and it's like cold outside. And so Chiron's gone and Achilles is still sleeping. And so Patroclus went outside and oh, ashes from last night's fire were white and cold. I stirred them idly with a stick, listening to the woods around me. A quail muttered in the underbrush and the morning dove called. I heard the rustle of under of ground cover. In that moment, I could get more and rekindle the fire. The strangeness began as a prickling of my skin. First, the quail went silent, then the dove. Like the rabbit beneath the hawk's shadow, I could feel my pulse striking my skin. When he turned around, Thetis is standing right there. I would have just shit my pants. <laughs> like, mm. go away. I know you hate me, but please leave me alone. But then the fact that he, like, she was choking him. Yes. I, I'm sure at that point he was scared to death. Because he's like, what is she going to do with me? I defied her rules Chiron went against her Achilles went against her so she's probably very very angry right now it's always it always says in the book she is a goddess first which makes sense but it's still just scary you know yeah and then um on page 90 they finally start to learn about warfare from Chiron and then they find out that there's nothing I can teach you you know all that Heracles knew and more you are the best warrior of your generation all the generations before. A flush stained Achilles' cheeks. I could not tell if it was from embarrassment or pleasure or both. Men will hear of your skill and they will wish for you to fight their wars. He paused. What will you answer? I do not know, Achilles said. That is an answer for now. It will not be good enough later. Then we have foreshadowing. Ooh, I wouldn't know that, but that... I'm sure later on down the book, it'll remind me of that. 
Well, it's also something I know from like reading the Iliad and reading the Odyssey. It they're both war epics. However, mm-hmm. the way that Homer depicts them, I feel is just Homer saying, "I hate war." So y'all hate war. Well, it's that, and it's just like you kind of get like from Achilles. Like Achilles doesn't, even though he would be prided as the the greatest warrior of all time, mm-hmm. he doesn't care for war. Which is an oxymoron. <laughs> is it an oxymoron or is it a paradox? I don't know. Paradox, probably. Um, so we go into chapter 10, and here the boys are 15, but then we do celebrate Achilles' 16th birthday. Yeah. Natchoclips gives him figs and a statue. It's so cute. Um, that's, they just have such a great relationship. They're so sweet. You want to talk about what else they do? is that on his birthday see he goes and talks to his mother yeah it is on his birthday but but tonight there was nothing i closed my eyes and waited long minutes until i guessed he was asleep then i turned to look at him he was on his side watching me but yes it was the night of his birthday into the next day they start doing what 16 year old boys do but they do it to each other open mouths (laughs) that is I think that is the most PG way I can describe that. Yeah. I think it was very, I think it finally was able to, you see the development of the relationship from going from friendship to love. Mm-hmm. And I think neither of them are now worried. They both you know that they both have You kind of get that development of real, of just like being friends to lovers, even in their speech. If we look at page 104, you have Achilles talking to Patroclus. He, his eyes opened. Name one hero who was happy. I considered Heracles went mad and killed his family. Theseus lost his bride and his father. Jason's children and new wife were murdered by his old. Bellaferon killed the chimera, but was crippled by the fall from the Pegasus's back. You can't. He was sitting up now, leaning forward. I can't. I know. They never let you be famous and happy. He lifted an eyebrow. I'll tell you a secret. Tell me. I loved it when he was like this. I'm going to be the first. He took my palm and held it to his. Swear it. Why me? Because you're the reason. Swear it. Like That's not something you say to your friend. I cried. <laughs> I, was, I even have that bookmark too because it was just so sweet that like they both trust each other so much. And they're like, you are the reason why I'm happy. And it's also like, Patroclus has never been happy. He's never known what it's like to be loved because his own father didn't even love him. I'm just going to tell you, like, if you yes, reread this mother, book and you're going to read that section again, you're going to cry. It's <laughs> so sweet. And I only know what's going to happen because I read the Iliad. I have not read this book before, just to be clear. <laughs> so then, you know, after all of this and we, you know, the development of the relationship, we have the messenger. They get from... summoned home. Yes. So they are on their way home. Chiron... And he was like, when he said, Achilles, do you remember, this is on page 108, do you remember when I asked you what you would do when men wanted you to fight? Yes, said Achilles. You should answer, You should consider your answer, Chiron said. A chill went through me, but I did not have time to think on it. Chiron was returning to me. But then he also gives praise to Patroclus by saying, you do not give things up so easily now as you once did. Be well. That was kind of, I feel like that was kind of foreshadowing. Like Chiron knows what's going to happen and that's why he's telling Achilles to make the right decision. Maybe it's because I have the background knowledge, but I think at one point they were awoken by war horns. Mm-hmm. Like that is like that's 
and the writing is going to let you know there is a, a war coming. Right. And then we see in chapter 11, you get that. And you learn, going back to, I think it was the second chapter, when Patroclus is being a suitor for Helen. Mm-hmm. When Helen chose her suitor, sorry, we should have covered this in that chapter. All the men there as previous potential suitors made a promise that said, mm-hmm. if anyone tried to steal Helen from her chosen husband, you are to take up arms. Right. And fight to get her back. Fight. Which, and when they started was there. Out. Right. And when they started calling out the names, right, um, we're into chapter 11 now, page 104 or 114. The herald lifted the list. The room seemed to tilt and my eyes would not focus. He began to read. So he goes through the names and he goes to Menoetiades. However, you're supposed to say Patroclus's actual name. Is that not so uh, his name? I'm pretty sure that's his father's name. It's his father's name. So when says, well, Achilles says, listen, it is not your name anymore. Say nothing. We will think of what to do. We will ask Chiron. So here we start to see that Achilles doesn't want Patroclus to fight. You also get to see that um, Achilles, who used to be like, oh, you know, I don't like lying, is just like, we'll fucking lie. Right. Because that's the love of his life. Menoetides. I'm reading right here. It says, I don't know for sure how it's pronounced, but the way I do is Menoetides. Menoetides. That sounds weird, but okay, go for it. <laughs> well, it is Greek, so. Yeah. Let's see. Honestly, I feel like Achilles is kind of mad that he was even there for to to be a suitor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's well, not like, it's like you're being called to war. <laughs> like, I think the biggest thing that we have right now is not the fact that Patroclus was at that suiting or was a suitor. It's the fact that Achilles is going to have to decide whether or not he wants to lead this war. Yeah. I guess we'll see how much Patroclus has grown. That's basically the end of chapter 11. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to see if Patroclus does decide to fight in the war because well, says- of what he's promised. Even though I don't think he has to because he's been exiled. Therefore, he's no longer right. his father's son, like Achilles is saying. Or if Achilles gets roped into it because... Here's my thing. I was like, I don't know how famous Achilles is right Achilles is right now because one, he's mm-hmm. a sixteen year old. Two, he's never fought in any battles, so I don't know how everybody knows that Achilles is such a great warrior. Probably just because of the prophecy. It could be the prophecy, or it could just be his mom flaunting her son around. All right. But we do see that Achilles, when they're about to go to sleep, if you have to go, you know I will go with you. Yeah. So either oh, either way, both of them are going to go if they decide that one of them has to go. Yep. So that ends the summary and the chapter by chapter, play by play. Um, and so we're going to dive right into characters. Yep. Which we kind of already went over, but if you want to take lead on this. Well, if you have your obvious standout characters, so you have Patroclus, Achilles, Theatis. She's like important, not important. I don't know how she'll important. She's not that important in the Iliad. She she might be more important in this book because it is about Achilles. You also have Odysseus, who I don't know how important he's going to be, but he does fight. This is the lead into the Trojan War, by the way. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoiler, maybe. That's like a basic history thing. Thanks. Uh- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and But we also have... Um- Chiron. 
Byron. I don't think you're going to see him again. Sorry. Rip. He was one of my faves. Yeah, Centaur Daddy is no longer. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did. Um, any other significant characters that we that stood out to us? I mean, any qualities? Any warrior that was mentioned at the suitor meeting? Right, they're gonna be. Will in there. be. Ajax is one of them. Yeah. I can remember. Fucking Ajax, a goddamn Atenor, tank. Atenor, Eurypylus, Machion. Did they say Agamemnon? Philoctetes. Philoctetes. It's Phil. Philomenes. Diomedes. Look, I'm not Greek. I don't know I'm not Greek words. either. Fuck off. Um, everyone has a different way of pronouncing. Okay. So, discussion questions. If we want to dive into those and do yep. those quickly, since we basically did discuss a lot from the book. Big question here for you, since you've read the Iliad. Apparently, in the Iliad, Patroclus is a relatively minor character. Why do you think the author chose him to be the narrator? And if she could have, would you have chosen a different narrator for the book? Like, why Patroclus? What is so significant about him? If I tell you what's significant about Patroclus, it's going to spoil the book for you. However, I will tell you, Patroclus was a good choice because, if you want to look at it this way, the fact that the Iliad is the song of Ilias and the anger of Achilles. Achilles is a main character. Mm -hmm. And with Patroclus being his best friend and childhood friend, which is said in the Iliad, he is a good decision for a main narrator in this book because of the closeness that he has to the main character in the Iliad. Okay. You would just then take it from a different point of view. If I tell you why Patroclus is so significant, you're going to get mad at me. Then we can revisit this question later on um, and see how that answer changes. And you can finally tell me. Yeah. Um, so the next one that I have for both of us to answer, how do the boys change their, their time with Chiron? Do the centaurs lessons continue to be a guiding force in their lives? Cause we didn't really talk about their lessons with Chiron. I don't, I think we'll see more of this the further we read in the book. Cause yes, they do change from as 13 year olds going on to 16 year olds, but we don't mm -hmm. get to see how his lessons have changed them so far because they just left him you know what i mean yeah but you do have patroclus saying he doesn't want to learn how to fight he wanted to focus right. more on like medicine i think that's i gonna, feel like that's gonna that's gonna change yeah well i also feel like that might be like a good thing though because his knowledge with medicine and stuff mm -hmm. may from what i'm getting out of this book is that they are going to go to war mm-hmm and they are going to go together. Something's going to happen to Achilles. And I feel like Patroclus is going to try and heal him with what he was taught by Chiron. I don't know. That's a theory. Okay. We've already talked about why Thetis has an opposition to Patroclus. Because he's immortal. And he is not a good companion. Well, so and then before we get into that, you thought Thetis was Patroclus' father. So do you want to go into why I think Patroclus's father doesn't like Patroclus. Yeah. I personally feel that Patroclus's father doesn't like him because he wanted a son who's going to uphold his name. It wasn't going to make him look like a coward or 
you know, because he, he even said he, in the first chapter, he was like, I wasn't strong. I wasn't fast enough. I wasn't handsome enough. I mean, even as a five-year-old, he already knew this. Is that hindsight? I was like, I don't think five-year-old Patroclus is narrating. So maybe it's just yeah, like it's hindsight. hindsight. He's just like, he's like, at five years old, this is what my father was telling me. At 10 years old, this is what my father was telling me. It was like he was just constantly being beaten down by words through his father. I'll tell you exactly why um, his father doesn't like him on page 50. And then the revelation that followed. If I had lied, I would have still been a prince. It was not murder that had exiled me. It was my lack of cunning. I understood now the disgust Mm. in my father's eyes, his moron son confessing it all. I recalled how his jaw had hardened as I spoke. He does not deserve to be king. But his father already set him up for failure. It doesn't matter what you're set up for. It matters what you do. That was Patroclus's like opportunity to prove himself. Shitty a situation it might have been. And he didn't. Right. Which sucks. Because you're the prince. He could have gotten away with it. Yeah, but he didn't. And so, yeah. So those are some of the discussion questions I have. I've made some notes for next. Wasn't there one more? Um, Yeah, we already answered it. What was it, though? Um, Near the beginning of their friendship, Achilles tells his father he values Patroclus because he's surprising. What do you think Achilles means by that? And how is Patroclus different from the other foster boys? I guess we could talk about that. I was like, we didn't answer that. (laughs) I think think because we talked about it before we started recording. Why do you think he is surprising? And why do you think that he was chosen out of the other foster boys? Do you want my real answer? Yeah. You're not going to like it. I think Achilles pitied Patroclus. I think it started as pity and then they got closer. But I I don't think Achilles has ever seen any other boy in the storage closet crying. (laughs) And that would be like, that's why he's surprising. And for maybe it's because he knew Patroclus killed another boy. And then to see Patroclus suffering and crying over it is what makes Patroclus surprising. So he's not like Patroclus. He's not like the other boys. Well, Patroclus is not. Like, he imagined someone killing someone would be like, because Patroclus regrets it. Patroclus feels bad. Whereas, like, sometimes we see people who murder other people as vindictive. Like, they meant to do it. They're not sorry for their actions, where Patroclus is. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Do you have favorite moments in the book? Very cover those. Uh, I mean, I guess my favorite moment so far is when they, they finally DTR. <laughs> define the relationship. And they finally get to have that. Okay. I have feelings for you. You have feelings for me. What do we do with that? Because I think it has me cheering, you know, finally someone is there for Patroclus and he's he finally feels loved. And Achilles finally has that sense of normalcy. He can be himself around Patroclus, you know, because he's already he's already been told the prophecy that he is going to be the best warrior that they've ever seen. So he's already like, okay, well, I have to live up to that standard, but I want to be able to just live my life for a little bit. And I think Patroclus allows him to feel that way. Very nice. Yes. Now, theories. I already mentioned one theory that I believe that they are going to go to war. Something's going to happen to Achilles. Patroclus is going to try and protect him. And ultimately, I think something's going to happen to Patroclus trying to protect Achilles. And then I read somewhere that Hades comes into play and that Achilles dies. 
and then there's I don't know from what I've kind of been seeing, but something's gonna happen where the two of them are separated. I can't give theories because you already know kind of what's going. Yeah, happen. I was like, I read the Iliad. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's what's going to happen is that they meet again in Hades um, and they're separated for a time before that. Now, don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. Do you mean the underworld? Yes. Sorry. Hades not the underworld. Hades is a god. god then what's the underworld The called? underworld. Oh, okay. Well. And then you have three sections of the underworld because there's a... Fuck, I should know this. Yeah, there's three levels of the underworld in Greek mythology. There's Tartarus, where you are a piece of shit. You're going to rot in hell. It's very, it's terrible there. Asphodel, you're a normal motherfucker. And then Elysium is, you are a, a hero. But yeah, well, no. That's no, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, no, it's like, Hades is a god. And he rules over the underworld. Oh, that, the underworld is going to get involved. Sorry, there we go. I stand corrected. That just annoys me when people are like he's going to hate to hades like it's a place and i was like he's gonna go see hades maybe but well thank you for correcting me the more you know but i think that's all we have for today yeah i think so and next week we will be going over chapter 12 through 23 yep I'm super excited. I'm sure I'm going to probably lose some tears in this one. You're in for a wild ride. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on this week's episode, and we can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye! Bye!